that, you can come over here and see Sasha, and he'll get you uh, set up. Well, maybe you've been uh, traveling before. Perhaps you've been uh, in an airport, and maybe you've heard this announcement uh, uh, at the airport where they say, baggage and personal items should not be left unattended. Any unattended items will be treated as suspicious. Anyone heard that before? Yeah? Maybe many times. Maybe it's an announcement you've heard so many times you just ignore it. In all my years of traveling, I've never seen suspicious unattended baggage, but I know there's some out there. But when I think about that announcement in terms of our lives, in terms of, let's say, the, the baggage of our lives, I think there is some truth in it. Baggage should not be left unattended. You know, last week I started a, a mini sermon series regarding the, the journey of this Christian life, uh, looking at this Christian life as, as travelers, as sojourners, uh, and the baggage that we all carry with us in this life. And this morning I want to zoom in on this idea of baggage. And when I say baggage, I mean stuff in our hearts, stuff that we carry that Jesus wants to heal. So it could be some sin that's uh, been in our lives for a long time. It could be some emotional pain that we're carrying. It could be some guilt and shame for something we did a long time ago. It could be guilt and shame for something we didn't do a long time ago. You know, there's some baggage, there's some sin and hurt in, in our lives, you know, that we are happy to give to Jesus. We're happy to give him those burdens and worries and be free of them. But sometimes there is other baggage that is so painful or perhaps so deep that sometimes we just don't want to deal with it. We want to leave it over there, right? We don't want to attend to it now. Therefore, it becomes unattended baggage. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus wants to heal you from all your baggage. The attended baggage, the unattended baggage, any baggage that you have, Jesus wants to heal. So this morning I want to ask the question, how does your unattended baggage hold you back in your relationship with God? And how does your unattended baggage hold you back in your relationship with other people. Well, that's what I want to look at this morning. So if you have a Bible, uh, please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to begin in chapter uh, 7. We'll have the text for you uh, on the screen as well. This is part of Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 6 uh, at, the, at, at verse 37. Jesus says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Now, this is probably one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. You might have had someone say to you before, hey, don't judge me. Jesus says not to judge. So don't, you know, don't judge me. And usually the conversation ends there. I mean, it does say pretty clearly in verse 37, don't judge. So does that mean we should never judge at all? I mean, imagine if your job was being a judge. Would you be living in sin all the time? 
No. Surely that can't be. We have a whole book in the Bible in the Old Testament called Judges, which is full of judges making judgments about people. So is Jesus really saying never judge at all times? I mean, we make judgments all the time. We think, oh, you must be hungry. Let me cook something for you. Oh, you must be cold. Let me give you a blanket. These are judgments. So are these bad? Well, as we know from the Bible, it can be easy to take one verse and make it mean whatever we want it to mean. And that's why it's always important to consider the verses around it, the context of that particular verse, and to read other verses in the Bible that talk about that topic as well. So in a moment, we'll understand more of what Jesus meant about judging people. But for now, we can see that there's a relationship between how we treat other people and how God treats us, right? It says, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Let's read that again, verses 37 and, and 38. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus says here, forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, and to you it will be given. Jesus teaches us here that God promises to treat us in the same way that we treat other people. So normally we just remember that judging part. But the other commands here are also there, not to condemn and to forgive and to give. These aren't just negative, let's say, don't commandments, but there are also positive commandments to forgive and to give to others. And I think all of these commands relate to each other. And in other words, I think it would be really difficult to be really good at two of these and not two other ones, right? So can you imagine someone who is the most giving person, this person who also forgives everyone, but who also was the most judging and condemning person that you ever met. It's hard to imagine, right? It's kind of like like a set. But it is easy to imagine someone who is very forgiving, who doesn't condemn other people. It's easy to imagine that person also being very giving to others. Giving and forgiving is all about letting go. We talked about this last week in in Philippians 3. The Apostle Paul said we should forget what lies behind and straighten forward to what lies ahead, pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You know, our old baggage can be heavy, and it can slow you down from going forward. In order to go where God wants you to go, he wants you to travel light. When you travel light, you can run because you're not carrying all of that old baggage. You know, judging, condemning, it's all about holding things tightly. But Jesus wants you to let things go. To not hold the things of this world so tightly, but to have open hearts and open hands ready to give and ready to forgive. That's the kingdom 
of God. Let me ask you these, about these days. Are your hands closed right now? Or are your, your hands open in your life? Are you holding things tight? Are you holding on to bitterness? Are you holding on to resentment? Are you holding on to condemnation and judgment for other people in your life? Are you holding on to, to, to grudges? Or are your hands open, ready to receive, but also ready to give? Ready to receive, but also ready to let go. How are your hands these days? In verse 38, Jesus gives us this farming illustration to show how much God wants to bless us and reward us when we forgive and when we give. And Jesus says it's like this person selling grain. So the person uh, measuring the grain isn't trying to leave any empty space in the bag. So imagine this person with his big bag, and he's filling up the bag with grain. Then he presses it down to make sure there's no gaps. Then he shakes the bag, Jesus says, so it all settles down further, making sure there's no gaps or, or holes in the grain. And then he doesn't just fill the bag to the top, Jesus says. No, he wants to make sure that every possible grain can be put in the bag. So not only does he fill the bag, but he keeps going. He keeps pouring. The grain spills over the bag, Jesus says, and into your lap. And that leads me to my first point this morning from the text, and that is God wants to fill your bags with blessings. God wants to fill your bags with blessings. You know, we come to God with our baggage, with our stuff, with our sin, with our hurt. And God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, First John says. He's faithful to heal us of our sin, our shame, and guilt. It's the, the trade that we talked about last week, right? The gospel, the good news is that God sent his son Jesus, who was without sin, who kept the law perfectly for us, died on the cross, was buried, and, and rose three days later. And by repenting of your sin, believing in Jesus, Jesus gives you his righteousness and he takes your sin. It's the greatest trade ever, right? Jesus takes your sin and he gives you his righteousness. He gives you his blessings. God not only creates in you a clean heart, but he can give you all of the blessings that you need in this life. And we see in these, this illustration Jesus uses, like God isn't trying to hold back all of his blessings. No, his cups of blessings are running over, right? God abundantly blesses his children who forgive, who give, who don't condemn. So God isn't choosy or stingy with his blessings. He's not just trying to give you a little bit. Rather, he wants to give you abundantly. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. With the measure that you don't condemn, it will be measured back to you. With the measure that you forgive, it will be measured back to you. God isn't trying to hold back his blessings. Rather, he wants, you to, he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. So that's the positive aspect in these verses. Now Jesus is going to tell us the dangers of unattended baggage the negative consequences of not dealing with our stuff. Look at, look at me at verse 39. 
Jesus also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So there's some unattended baggage that we know about, that we are aware of. But I think there's also some baggage, some unattended baggage that we're not aware of, that we can't see. Sometimes we call these blind spots. And Jesus says here this can affect our ability to lead others spiritually. And he gives this example of a blind person trying to lead another blind person. And Jesus asked the question, does this work? I mean, if the blind is leading the blind, would they not both fall into a pit? So not only did the leader's baggage get him lost, but he also brought the person who was following with him, he brought them down with him too. And that leads me to my second point this morning, and that is unattended baggage hinders you from helping others. Unattended baggage hinders you from helping others. The blind leader was no help to the blind follower. <laughs> In fact, he made the situation worse. He led him into a pit, which they both fell into. And this was the problem back during the time of Jesus. The, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, they knew the law of God very well in their heads. They could quote the Bible. They could fast two days per week. They looked good. They looked holy. People looked at them as spiritual leaders. But the problem was their hearts. They were full of pride. They were full of judgment towards other people. They thought they were better and superior to other people. They had a ton of unattended baggage. The problem was they couldn't see or they refused to see their pride. They couldn't see that they were not humble. It was a blind spot to them. Jesus could see it clearly. Often in the Gospels, Jesus pointed this out to them. But the Pharisees didn't want to hear it. They rejected Jesus. They were threatened by him, so they didn't want to listen to him. And thus, they remained spiritually blind. But the problem was made worse because they were in the position of spiritual leadership over other people. People who had spiritual needs, people who had spiritual questions were looking to them. But instead of leading them to Jesus, they were leading them to a pit. You know, I'm sure we all know stories of spiritual leaders who had a lot of influence, maybe had a lot of ministry results, but who led people astray because of their own baggage, because of their own stuff. This can happen on a big scale, but it can also happen on a small scale. You know, one of the reasons Jesus wants you to give all of your baggage to him, the reason that he wants you to heal you of some of your pain in your life is so that you can be free to help others find Jesus. Right? When a person who can see leads someone who is blind, they can get to where they're going. If we don't see clearly, we'll lead others into the pit just like the Pharisees. But God wants you to be humble, acknowledging that, yes, you're not perfect, but that you're learning and growing. It's about saying, I don't know, instead of acting like you have all the answers. 
It's about saying, I'm sorry. Even when your pride tells you, oh, that's not my fault. Oh, that, that, that's not necessary. Let me read verse 40 again. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So Jesus is warning us to be careful of who we follow. If you follow the wrong leader, a spiritually blind leader, you'll end up in a pit. But in the same way, if you follow the right leader whose authority is Christ, you're headed down a good path. One author says, verse 40 reminds us that we cannot lead others where we have not been ourselves, nor can we be all that our master Jesus and it is. In other words, the best thing you can do to be a good spiritual leader for other people is to continue to look to Christ, to listen to him, to obey him, to be like him, to give him all of your baggage. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, if you point others towards him, you will do well. And the people that you lead spiritually will do well also. We must see clearly in order to lead others well. Well, let's go back to the topic of judging. Verse 41, Jesus says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your own eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. So a speck is, is, is a very tiny, small uh, bit of wood. It's, it's even as small as a piece of straw. And the image here is this uh, a man who notices this small, tiny piece of wood in his brother's eye, but he does not see this huge, gigantic log in his own eye. I mean, the image is a bit ridiculous, right? How could someone who has this huge, giant beam of wood not notice it, but instead notice that small bit of wood in the other brother's eye? I mean, how could that ever happen? <laughs> that wouldn't happen to, to, to you or, or me, right? I mean, we would never focus on someone else's problems while ignoring some huge problem in our own life. Would we? Oh, how I wish that were true. But it can be so easy for us to ignore our own problems, even be blind to our own problems, and instead we talk all day about other people's problems, what they're doing wrong, what they need to fix. It's so much easier to judge other people than to look in the mirror at ourselves to see what we need to work on. My third point from the text this morning is, Unattended baggage leads to self-righteousness. Unattended baggage leads to self-righteousness. When we don't deal with our own baggage, it can be so easy to look at someone else's baggage and become an expert at their problems. You know, if you don't believe what Jesus is saying here, then I invite you to go to any website on the Internet and just start reading the comments, you know, under the ar articles, right? They are full of judgment. They are full of condemnation. You know, comments like, oh, this person is awful. I would never do that. I would have never said that. Right? Internet com comments are always full of judgment, of condemnation, and self-righteousness. 
But I bet if we followed around some of those people who made those comments for one day, and we wrote an article about the things they said or did on that day, it would become pretty clear that they're not perfect either. But naturally, it's always easier to focus on someone else's problems than our own. You know, sometimes we don't see the log in our own eye because we've been hurt, because our heart has been broken, because we've experienced too much pain. And therefore, it's just safer or easier to ignore the problem because it's too painful to deal with. So we just learn how to live with this giant log sticking out of our eye. Or we learn how to live with this problem or this sin that we know that God wants to grow us in, but we're too afraid to go there. It's much easier just to leave it unattended. But this is where so many relationships get stuck, isn't it? Something happens in a relationship, maybe someone gets hurt, and then both people think that the other person is wrong, and we start to think, oh, it's all their fault. They're the ones who are wrong. I'm the ones that is hurt. And we start to feel justified. But then they start to feel justified because they think they're the ones who are right. And suddenly everyone is stuck. There's no movement because each person is focused on the other person's eye. And in those moments, it can be hard to step back and look at ourselves. It can be hard to step back and look at our own eye, to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves the question, is there anything in my own eye? Am I somehow contributing to this relationship being stuck? And we got to fight, fight through that first answer. The first answer that will pop up in our heads is, of course not. I'm the one who's right. They're the ones who are wrong. But Jesus calls us to examine ourselves first. Look at the end of verse 42 again. He says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. First deal with yourself, and then you can actually see clearly and help out your brother or sister. Which leads me to my first, fourth point from the text, and that is unattended baggage can be healed. Unattended baggage can be healed. We see this in this verse. The situation was not hopeless. This man is not destined to live with this uh, uh, log in his eye forever. You aren't destined to carry the baggage that you have around with you the rest of your life. Rather, it can be healed. It can be pulled out. It can be removed. If you let him, Jesus will gladly take that baggage from you. In this verse, Jesus acknowledges that the speck and the brother's eye is real. It is a problem that needs to be dealt with. But Jesus says that in order to truly help our brothers and sisters to see, we must see clearly first. We must take the first step. We must remove the log out of our own eye. We must deal with our baggage first, and then God can use us to help deal with other people's baggage. And we can see from this verse that Jesus was not saying earlier that we should never make judgments about people. As I said, we make judgments all the time. What Jesus is saying that is bad is making hypocritical judgments about people. He's saying it's bad when we look down on people and think that we are superior to them. 
When we talk all day long about someone else's problems, but we never analyze ourselves and we never ask God, God, what would you want to grow me in? But Jesus says here, when we look at our own baggage first, when we look at ourselves in the mirror first in humility, when we do that, God can really use you to help other people. When we see clearly, we can actually help other people with the speck that is in their eye. When you take that first step and acknowledge that we are all broken and redeemed people in, the need, in, in need of God's grace every day of our lives, that God is still growing us, working on us, and that can really help up open doors in the stuck relationships of our lives. You know, if we stop thinking everyone would be better if they would just work on this particular problem, and if we started to ask ourselves the question, what is the unattended baggage in my life? What might God want me to grow in? I think we'd see a lot of movement, a lot of improvement in those relationships that are stuck. Identify your baggage. Identify the things that you are carrying that are weighing you down. Identify the sin in your life that God wants you to be free of. Identify the pain and the hurt in your life that God wants to heal. And when you are faithful to do that, God can set you free to help others with their baggage. Let's look at the last verses, verses 43 through 45. Jesus says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a, a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bram bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus continues with his line of thinking here, but the image shifts from seeing to fruit. Jesus says you'll know, a good, uh, you'll know if a tree is good or bad by its fruit. And Jesus, it's the same with our lives. We know what's in our hearts by what comes out of our lives, by how we live. Whatever we invest in will come out of us good or bad. And Jesus says, how do you know what's in your hearts? We will know by your words. Your words will reflect your hearts, good or bad. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that leads me to my last point this morning. And that is good or bad, your baggage will come out. Good or bad, your baggage will come out. You know, no matter how hard you try, that unattended baggage will eventually come out, whether it's through your actions, whether it's through your words. You know, whenever I uh, uh, marry uh, a couple, we always do a, a five-week uh, marriage preparation course, and we look at what the Bible says about marriage, about sex, about money and kids and other things. This past few weeks, I've, I think I've been meeting with five different couples, and it's, it's been a joy to meet with uh, people at such an exciting time in their life. And one of our sessions is on communication and conflict resolution. And I like to start with these verses from Luke chapter 6 first. Because Jesus says here that the communication doesn't start with our mouths. It actually begins in our hearts. So if I am angry with another person, I might be able to pretend to be nice for a little while. But eventually what's in my heart will come out in my actions or in my words. 
So the goal with communication isn't just watching your words. <laughs> it's not the goal. The goal is to heal your heart. If you only try to fix your words, you're only addressing the symptom and not the root. This is why giving Jesus all of your baggage is so important. If we just give him some of our sin, some of our hurt, some of our past experiences, we'll only experience healing in some of those things. Jesus wants to heal all of it. That way good things flow out of your heart, which means good things will flow out of your mouth. You know, the most joyous people I know tend to be the most gracious people, the most giving people, the most compassionate people, the most humble people. They know that who they are is only because of Jesus Christ. They know their faults, they're aware of their shortcomings, but they keep pressing on to know Christ more. On the other end of the spectrum, some of the least joyful people I know are often the most judgmental. They can tell you what everyone is doing wrong. But when I talk to these people, usually they're not very happy. Usually other people kind of stay away from them. And sometimes they actually seem kind of miserable. And when I used to think about these people, I wasn't very compassionate in my thoughts towards them. I would judge them, maybe not with my words, but in my mind. But over time, God began to work in my heart. God began to give me compassion for them too. I'm always reminded of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, which says, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why do you act like you didn't receive it? In other words, I am who I am only by the grace of God, not of my own. And so I started to feel compassion for the people who weren't compassionate at all. And I started to understand that their harsh words were probably coming from a place of hurt in their hearts. And I always try to remember that everyone has a story. Sometimes our stories are shaped by the things we've done, the choices we've made. And sometimes our stories are shaped by things other people did to us or said to us. And the truth is we all have baggage. But, you know, some of you have been through things in this life that I can only imagine. The things you've seen, the things you've heard, the things you've experienced. I can't imagine. And I can't even begin to act like I can understand what you've been through. But I do know this. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened and brokenhearted, and I will give you rest. We're all battling something. We're all dealing with something. We're all carrying something. And Jesus says, come to me. As we sang earlier, it's in Jesus we find refuge. He's our hiding place. It's there our souls find rest. It's, it's in Christ we can experience full spiritual healing. In other words, don't let your past steal your future. Don't let your past steal your future. One author said, at some point, unattended baggage will sabotage your life and sabotage your relationships. Don't go through this life trying to carry 
everything yourself. Jesus never intended that for you. Instead, he invites you today to cast your cares upon him. Today, if you're weary and weak, he promises he will give you rest. You know, that announcement at the airport is pretty true when I think about it. Baggage should not be left unattended. If it is, the past can rob you of your future. It can hold you back. It can rob you of the peace that God wants to, you to experience today. So let me ask you this morning, what is God wanting you to give to him this morning? What sin, what regrets, what hurts is he wanting you to unload on him? What things have been weighing you down in your life? What have you been carrying for the past year, past 10 years? What have you been, been carrying for the past 30 years? Maybe you've been really good at seeing that speck in someone else's eye, but you haven't dealt with that log that's in yours. Don't wait to deal with that baggage another day. As I said earlier, God wants to trade you bags. He wants to give you a bag full of blessings filled to the top, running over. And he wants to take that baggage that you've been carrying for too long. The things you were never meant to carry. The question is, will you let him? I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward and, and lead us in a song of response to God's word. And in a moment, we're going to have a time of, of invitation. It's a time where you're invited to, to come forward, respond to, to what the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart. Jerry will be over here. I'll, I'll be over here on this side. You know, and maybe this morning you are realizing that you have some unintended baggage in your heart. Some things that you haven't dealt with yet. You know, we would love to, to pray with you. I invite you to come forward. Or perhaps this morning you've realized you've been trying to carry everything on your own in this life and that God is moving you to follow Jesus Christ. If this morning God is moving you to turn from your sins, to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, I invite you to come forward. How will you respond to what God is putting on your heart this morning? However God is leading you, we'll be here in the front to meet with you as you come. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you that we can come to you with our baggage. That we can come to you with our sin, our hurts, our shame, our guilt, regrets. Maybe regrets of things we did a long time ago or regrets of things we wish we did a long time ago. Father, your word says you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. So God, let us be faithful to come to you with these things. Maybe God, this morning we're realizing that we've lately been full of judgment and bitterness and venom towards other people. And that perhaps we've just been avoiding dealing with the stuff in our own life. 